Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Atlanta Business Radio. Brought to you by OnPay, Atlanta's new standard in payroll. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Atlanta Business Radio, and this is going to be a fun one. But before we get started, it's important to recognize our sponsor, OnPay. Without them, we couldn't be sharing these important stories. Today on Atlanta Business Radio, we have Amber Saunders with the Saunders Firm. Welcome, Amber. Thank you, Lee. I appreciate you having me. Well, I'm excited to learn what you're up to. Tell us a little bit about the Saunders Firm. How are you serving folks? Well, essentially, I make trust fund babies. Um, I try and help people who are professionals or entrepreneurs uh, create a lasting legacy by creating business and estate planning um, strategies that can help them pass their wealth from this generation to the next. Now, um, for those who aren't familiar with estate planning, is estate planning something that only like the super rich, like Bill Gates or Zuckerberg or Bezos have to deal with or, or um, with folks that have less wealth than that? Is there a place for them? Yes, absolutely. Um, everyone has wealth, whether they think so or not. The, the clothes that we have are our possessions, our car, our home, things like that, our bank accounts, um, any of those things that, that we you know, need on a, on a daily basis, we need to outline who we would want to have those or what we would want to happen to those things should something happen to us. So everyone can do some form of estate planning. Absolutely. So, so it doesn't matter how much wealth you have. Estate planning is an activity that everybody um, should be participating in. Yes. And estate planning is pretty broad. Like estate planning includes if you have a personal bank account, if you don't say who the beneficiary of that account is, if something happens to you, then it's going to stay there until someone goes to probate court and figures out who it's supposed to go to. That's a part of estate planning. So it doesn't just mean, um, you know, setting up a trust. It could be just, you know, updating some forms, making sure your beneficiaries are clear. So absolutely. So uh, you've mentioned setting up a trust. Talk a little bit about why somebody would be interested in pursuing that. So a trust can be a handy tool for um, asset protection if you're in a highly litigious profession. Like if you're an adopt, if you're a doctor or if you're a lawyer, um, those professions get sued often. If you're in construction and you want to try to protect your assets during your lifetime, you can use a trust for um, that kind of thing. There are hundreds of types of different trusts. Um, also, if you are concerned about not having your family go through probate court, a trust can avoid that because during your life, you're giving that asset over to the trust so that when you pass away, it's like you don't own anything, the trust owns it. And then whomever you name as trustee can take those assets and go ahead and do whatever you need without having the intervention of a court. So it kind of makes things easier when it's time to pass things on. Now, do you find that um, people, maybe business owners specifically, um, kind of aren't thinking some of this through and they're going to, this is one of those things that are backburnered that they'll get to it when they get to it. And sometimes, you know, circumstances intervene and then all of a sudden their family's scrambling a little bit. Absolutely. People always think we have time and I don't think that we like to think about 
um, the fact that we might not be here at some point, even when people are drafting operating agreements, if you have partners and if you have, but like what happens, just thinking through what happens to that interest that you have in the business. If something happens to you, I know that you might not want to be in business with your partner spouse. Um, but if you don't, if you don't set up provisions to outline what would happen, um, if something happens to you, then you might be, you know, your business might end up in probate court. And then can you share maybe some of the things that actually happened um, when someone dies that maybe that people don't realize, uh, like who all of a sudden takes control if there aren't kind of documents in place saying who takes control? Yes. So the state has a plan, essentially, if we don't make one. And um, even if you do have a will, um, generally it it will go to a spouse first um, if there's no will. A spouse or... um, I think in Georgia right now, there it 50% of your assets would go to your spouse and 50% would go to your children if you're married and you die without a will. So they have a whole hierarchy in the state of Georgia of how things would be passed on. But even if you do have a will and you name a an executor, then if you don't have something in place that says where, what happens to that interest in business or who would be in control if something happened to you, then if you have a partner if you don't have a partner, it would just sit there um, because who's going to be in charge? So the personal representative or executor of your estate would then have to get all of your assets together, report that to the court or to your heirs and try to decide what needs to be done with it, whether or not it's um, how to operate it. They would be operating it in your stead um, and they might not know necessarily how you want to operate it or what to do if those instructions weren't outlined for them. Um, it might cause conflict if there are other partners involved in the business. Um, it could cause issues. I mean, and there are simple fixes for this. I mean, they're like buy, sell insurance. Um, you can create a succession plan so that there's a plan for who would take your place if something happens to you. So it it can cost a lot on the back end trying to guess for people to guess and figure out what you would want, as opposed to just taking a little time and trying to outline it in advance. But having to have someone who knows nothing about your business make decisions for your business um, is a kind of a scary proposition, honestly, for most business owners, I would imagine. Now, um, how do you kind of help somebody kind of think through some of these challenges? Because like say an individual has a business, say they have kids. I mean, in some cases, people might be divorced. They might have stepkids. There's a lot of moving parts to this. And if you don't really plan for it, like you said, the state has a plan. Right. So it's it, our process. We kind of walk everyone through it because really when when they come in the office, no one has even thought about the questions that we ask. So it kind of takes some time. Like I have worksheets, we have different things where we ask all of these questions. Okay, so who's the most reliable you know, person financially in your life? So that if you have to give someone power of attorney that you know that this person is responsible enough to help you with your money if you weren't able to take care of yourself during that time period. So it really ends up being a discussion about you know, who's the main person and who's the backup if that didn't work, things like that. And it takes, it takes some real um, evaluation of the relationships you have, um, the emergency plans that you have in place. 
Um, so we do that even for, for minor children. We have what we call a kids protection plan. Who would you want to be guardian? Because back in the day, we could just say we have godparents, but that's not a legal, that's not a legal document, just naming someone godparents at a christening or something like that. You have to really figure out who would you want to be um, the guardian of your children and would you want that person also to be in charge of the money? Um, so we break it down in stages to try and make it, you know, bite-sized for someone to, to swallow because it really is a lot to think about. There's much more going on in our lives than we tend to realize until we're confronted with those questions. So now when you're working with a family, is this like, what does that relationship look like? Is this something that you're checking in annually to update things? Is it something that you just uh, buy once and kind of forget about until the need arises? Like what, how do you kind of work with your families? Well, we keep in touch. So I generally tell people to try and check in every three years. I send them an email. I mean, we have a tickler in our system that we we check in with everyone every three years. If it's a birthday, we're sending a card anyway. So we try and keep in touch with people. Um, but like if they have a trust and they're buying assets and if these are people who are investors or different things like that, there might be things that come in and out of the estate plan over time. And so we try to, we have a... Um, a VIP program that's nominal for them to be a part of every year so that we have some clients who, when they buy property, they just put us in touch with the closing attorney. So we make sure the deed has the name of their trust or whatever um, instrument they're using on it, or, or we prepare the deeds and we just make sure that everything is updated and we keep a running list of their assets um, so that if something happens to them, whomever the executor or who's in charge of the estate can come to us and we can help walk them through. Um, so we have a living, it's almost a living, breathing document with everything that we keep for them so that the relationship isn't really just one and done. It's ongoing as life changes and happens. And then when life does change, like say a, a parent is, um, you know, their kids were dependent. Now maybe they're getting ready to go to college. How do you kind of get involved to help them through that transitional period? Um, well, for, for most of our parents, we had some this year, actually, who had children going to college. And I remember when I was in, in college, my mother could easily go up to the financial aid office and find out about finances and take care of things. But now, um, with privacy laws being more expansive, you can't necessarily get that information the same way once your children are 18. Um, they're essentially adults. So we help parents with getting um, health care directives for their children. Who are become who are now 18 so that if they have to go to the hospital you know they're still they're 18 but they're still your baby probably so you kind of want to be able to talk to the doctor about their medical situation same thing with finances often parents are still helping children with finances so we just help them do a refresher on those documents and then get the additional documents they might need for that new adult who isn't ready to navigate the world 100 on their own and then we can make simple um, amendments as far as the documents, just so that it doesn't have to necessarily have those guardianship provisions in there anymore, that they're more so, okay, I want my child to have some money when they're 25 and some when they're 30, however the parent wants to change it. Now, um, it sounds like your relationships with your client kind of blur the lines between legal uh, advice and recommendations and in some cases I would imagine would be tax saving or money saving or ways to allocate funds, how do you kind of handle that blurring of the lines? Because it seems like it bleeds into each other. 
It does a little bit. I try to um, treat everything like a family office. So one of the things that wealthy take advantage of is that they have a team of people who are there to look at um, their finances, legal, all of those things together. And so there are a host of CPAs that I work with because I'm not a CPA. I can't really give tax advice. I know enough to be dangerous, but I also I, I introduce them to people if they don't have those relationships or try to be in constant communication with the, the individuals who they already are working with um, from a CPA or an accountant perspective. Um, we have relationships with our clients, financial advisors, so we know exactly what's going on with their investments and make sure that when we create a plan for them that it's considering all of those things, we're kind of making it together so that each of our clients has a team working on um, on their plan. Now for people like, let's say, like well, I'll ask you, what would be kind of a, an amount of wealth where you should start putting a team together? Like you said, an attorney, a CPA, maybe a financial advisor, at what point should you um, kind of start considering, let me start kind of putting players in place here to watch my back because things can get a little more complicated? I think for, I don't know if I'd say that there was an amount. Um, I think that if you're starting to buy a property, real property, because that real property could be tied up in court and not be able to move or, you know, if whomever it would go to, whether it be your spouse or your, your children, if they wouldn't be able to take care of it, if you're gone, you might need to set up some things. If you would be concerned about what would, what they would be able to do, or if they would know what to do. So it's kind of whatever you feel in your gut. We know, I think, whether or not um, the people in our lives would be able to handle the responsibility that we're able to handle. And so if we don't, if I think that if you don't feel like your spouse or if you don't feel like your children would be able to effectively handle it without your guidance, then it's time to do some estate planning to try and make things easier for them and think, you know, lay out the steps so that all they have to do is just follow your marching orders. Um, but I think when you start buying real property, um, when you start you know, working with a financial advisor or, or wealth manager, and you're thinking about investment accounts or brokerage accounts, things like that. And if you're amassing money in that, in that way, then you might, you need to, you know, think about, they're going to ask you who your beneficiaries would be. And so when you start having those discussions with people, that's essentially estate planning. You might want to sit down with someone and try and come up with a holistic plan to include all of those things. So there, there's no number like, oh, if you have a million dollars of net worth, then maybe you should start doing this. The number could be anything. Yeah, the number could be anything. I mean, I think that if you're starting your career out, you might not necessarily want to do a full-blown estate plan. But there, again, there are things that you could do. You, you go and you make sure, even if you don't have a will, right? You don't have children, you're not married, you're a 20-something-year-old and you're starting out. You still need to go to the bank and do what they call a payable on death or list the beneficiary for your bank accounts just so that it's not a hassle for people. You still need to talk to someone about getting a healthcare power of attorney because what if you get in a car accident and no one knows you know, you, what you want done with your body if you want to stay in a machine forever? Um, no one can pay your bills because they can't get in your bank account. You need a financial power of attorney. So those things you can do while you might not have uh, a home, you might be in an apartment. So that doesn't, 
you know, you don't need to worry about that going through probate if you put beneficiaries on your bank account and on your newly started, you know, IRA or whatever those accounts are, then those things won't have to go through probate. Um, but the things that you do need to do is probably a healthcare power of attorney and a financial power of attorney, just so that people can take care of things if something happens while you're alive. So now if they're working with you or somebody on your team, so you go through some initial discovery, I would imagine, where you're asking a lot of questions, you're trying to prioritize what's the most important thing that, that your client is trying to get out of this. And then you build some game plan and, and it might, like you said, require multiple touches throughout their lives, uh, you know, check-ins as things change, check-ins. But what's the benefit of having an attorney, like through one attorney throughout your kind of life as opposed to just whenever I need a transaction, I go to a different person? Um, I think it's the relationship. To me, it's different when I go to my banker and that banker already knows me and they already know my situation. I don't have to explain anything from scratch. I don't have to get to know them. I can call them and say, hey, can you help with this transaction? And they can answer for me. Um, I think the same thing with an attorney. If you if you have to go to a different one every single time and explain the context of whatever relationships are involved in your plan, um, you know, there's no, I, I, you can have, great service. I'm sure there are tons of attorneys who can have great service, but building the relationship matter um, because it makes it easy. You can just pick up the phone and say, hey, I just need this thing. And that person who's been involved in your plan or involved in your life for a few years is going to answer that phone call for you because you've developed that relationship um, with them as opposed to just a one-off transaction. And then you're not communicating with that person again. So I think just developing relationships in general, whether it be an attorney, a CPA, um, uh, an advisor, a banker, any of those things, have, relationships matter. Um, I don't care how much automation we do or how many, you know, how, how we try and get away from interacting with people. I think those things matter in the long run um, as far as making sure things are together and you have a cohesive plan. And then when you are kind of vetting and choosing the right member of the team, um, what are some things uh, that a person should look for that help them make a wise choice? Um, I think that people should look at do an assessment, a real assessment of what they they like, what they need, um, who, what kind of person do they enjoy working with, um, and then try and find someone who matches that. Because because I think we all graduate with. Um, the same, I mean, we all graduate with the same degree. We all take the same bar exam. Um, but a lot of it is personality. And then a lot of it is how um, you work with someone. So sometimes there are some offices where you meet the attorney one time and then you don't talk to them again. Is that the kind of relationship you want? Is that really a, a relationship at all? Um, or is this person just passing you off to someone else? Can you get in touch with your attorney or the individual? Um, so I would just ask questions. It's almost like you're a date. You take someone on, on the first date on the consult. You see whether or not you want to go on another date. You can have a, you know, you can have a more in-depth consultation to see whether or not they fit. But I think that you know um, sometimes just by interacting with the person whether or not they might be a good fit for you. And then check out some reviews that they might have. Um, see what the community says. But at the end of the day, I think 
um, just knowing exactly what you need and then just asking questions. If they don't want to ask you, answer your questions, then you should run. So, you know, ask as much as you can up front so that you feel comfortable um, and then and then jump. And if somebody wants to learn more, have a more substantive conversation with you or somebody on your team, what's the website? Um, it is www.thesaundersfirm.com. T-H-E-S-A-U-N-D-E-R-S-F-I-R-M.com. And do you have any upcoming events that people should know about? Absolutely. So we do a monthly um, event called Wine, Wealth, and Women, which um, we kind of talk about things related to estate planning or uh, protecting and building your wealth. We have um, one coming up this Wednesday or next week, the 15th at the 10 spot. Um in, on North Highland Avenue at 7 p.m. Um, and we'll have a couple people um, discussing conservatorship because it's been an interesting topic in the news with what's been going on with Britney Spears. And so we're gonna talk to people about how to make sure that kind of thing doesn't happen to you. What is conservatorship and guardianship and what do those things mean? Um, and then we will be, um, we'll be doing that this month and then we'll have another one next month. So all that information will be up on the website. Good stuff. Well, congratulations on all the success, Amber. Uh, You're doing important work, and we appreciate you. Thank you so much, Lee. I appreciate it. All right. This is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on Atlanta Business Radio. 